Welcome to Radar Contact, the audio show that teaches pilots how to speak professionally and with confidence to air traffic control. And now, here's your host, airline pilot, author, and host of ATCCommunication.com, Jeff Canarish. We have a lot to talk about this week, so let's get right to it. Last week, I sent out a survey to 1,250 pilots asking them if they used a headset that cost less than $400, and if so, what did they think of it? Specifically, I asked them about the headset's comfort, its clarity, and its durability. The objective of the survey was to find out if we can actually find a headset for those who do not want to spend a lot of money on one that's really worth having. Is it usable? Well, about 10.5% or 130 pilots responded And one-third of the people who did respond actually use headsets that cost more than $400. So for the 90 to 100 pilots who did say they have a headset less than $400, we did get some usable data, though it's hard to draw many firm conclusions based on only about four to nine responses per headset model. Well, here's what we know according to those who answered. David Clark headsets costing less than $400 are extremely durable. I think one uh, responder said he could actually use those things as uh, wheel chocks for his aircraft. (laughs) He'd still expect them to work pretty well. But the limitation on David Clark headsets are they're fairly heavy, and they do, in some cases, especially if you have a bigger head than average, create a little bit of clamping pressure around the ears, which is why most of the people who responded on David Clark said, although the clarity was really good and they were very durable, they tended to get a little bit uncomfortable, a little weighty on the head, or they began to feel a little squeezing pressure around the ears after they wore the headsets for somewhere more than one and a half to two hours. But for short duration flights, David Clark's are very comfortable, uh, provide good clarity, and of course are extremely durable, so they come highly recommended. Faro headsets also got some pretty good recommendations, and Faro makes both passive and active headsets for less than $400. In both cases, People who responded said they were very comfortable to wear, and they provided very good audio quality. Uh, specifically, the Faro G2 passive headset is the lightest headset available in its class, so it's no wonder it got good marks for comfort. Survey takers said the Faro G2 ANR, that's the one that uses electronics to provide active noise reduction, did a great job of reducing cockpit noise. And this makes sense since the manufacturer claims a maximum noise reduction of 54 decibels with the ANR feature in use. And again, this is the highest level of ANR in this price range. There was not enough data to make any firm statements about any other headsets except perhaps for the ASA HS1 model. It's the least expensive headset coming in at about $115 that uh, was presented in the survey. But one responder said that the HS1 had poor audio quality uh, and wouldn't buy another one and probably wouldn't even use the one he had, which seems to support the notion that you get what you pay for. I posted all of the results from the survey in the show notes for this show at atccommunication.com. So if you happen to be listening to this show on iTunes, go to the website atccommunication.com and the show notes will be there either there right on the front page this month or after the next show comes out, you can always click on the tab Radar Contact Show and look for the show notes with all of the survey results. 
well, how does this survey help you or if you're in the market for a relatively inexpensive headset? Because after all, we didn't get a heck of a lot of data. Well, by all means, do read the survey results as they're presented because there are some useful comments there. But also, I want you to know that I just put up a brand new feature at atccommunication.com called the Headset Buyer's Guide. And what I did is I took all the headsets right now that are available for less than $400 and created comparison charts so you can look at the different features, including how much the headsets weigh, what type of additional goodies they have, such as whether you can hook up your MP3 player to miss, listen to music with the headset, and all of the other data regarding the headset, so you can do side-by-side comparison and see what's available. There are also links below each headset description that takes you in a more in-depth uh, page that talks about the headset in greater detail and provides a place for people who already use the headset to rate their headset extensively. Right now, I'm just featuring headsets for less than $400 to help out those who don't want to spend a lot of money. But in the future, I'm going to be talking about headsets that cost more than $400, and we'll add that to the buyer's guide. As I stated in a previous show, I tend to get a lot of email from listeners between shows asking all kinds of questions. So let's look at a couple of those this week and see if we can uh, create some answers that helps everybody. David G. writes, I'm tiring of hearing tally-ho and no joy on ATC frequencies. My wife and I are in a quest to find the real word on this slang. I hope that you can help us. Tally-ho and no joy derive from fox hunting, specifically when Brits... Uh, when fox hunting on horses and rode to hounds, the person who spotted the fox ahead would shout, tally-ho. And then the response was from anybody else in the hunting group, if they did not see the fox, no joy. These two terms were adopted by military flying forces in the United States and are actually official terms. Tally-ho meaning I see enemy aircraft and no joy meaning I do not see enemy aircraft. Well, because a lot of uh, pilots especially commercial pilots, are former military pilots, these terms tended to carry over when talking to air traffic control. For example, when air traffic control points out traffic in the distance, you'll find that former military pilots, now acting as commercial pilots, will say tally-ho when they see the traffic in sight, or no joy if they don't see the traffic. Unfortunately, according to the Aeronautical Information Manual, these two terms are slang. You're not going to find them anywhere in the Aeronautical Information Manual. The official response in the Aeronautical Information Manual with regards to traffic is, if you see traffic, you should respond traffic in sight. And if you don't see the traffic, the AIM says the official phrase is negative contact. Now, you're going to hear all sorts of other variations on this, such as if pilots don't see the traffic, they will say searching. This is derived actually from, again, a military expression, and it relates to the use of onboard air-to-air radar. Fighter pilots who have air-to-air radar will indicate that they are searching, actively searching with their radar, and then respond searching. Of course, pilots love a good slang word, so other variations you may hear on searching are looking or looking out. And as it turns out, actually, looking out is an official International Civil Aeronautical Organization term, or ICAO term, 
looking out is actually in there, but it's not in the aeronautical information manual. Officially, according to the aeronautical information manual, when air traffic control points out traffic and you do not see the traffic, you should say negative contact. And if you do see the traffic, you should say traffic in sight. Anything else such as tally-ho and no-joy are slang, and the aeronautical information manual says slang has no place on the aviation frequency. Andrew W. wrote, I've noticed in the radio simulator, the books, and podcasts, you say numeral nine as the word nine instead of niner. Is there a reason for this? While I've not yet heard controllers refer to numeral three as tree and five as fife, it's been common practice for years to say the nine as niner, as in Cessna 7-niner Quebec Hanscom Tower, cleared for takeoff runway 2-niner. I'm just curious, in your experience, the niner, is the niner thing overkill for private pilots? Well, no, it's, Andrew, it's not overkill. It's actually the official term in the Aeronautical Information Manual. It's also the standard IKO term for the word nine. There are various arguments, none of which have been verified, why we use niner instead of nine, the simplest explanation is it's because that's in the Aeronautical Information Manual and in the official term in IKO. Some people say that the word niner has been used because it helps distinguish from the word five on the radio. Niner, nine and five could tend to sound the same. Other sources have said that we use the word niner to distinguish it from nine, as in the German word nine, meaning no. I don't get really wrapped around the axle about nine versus niner, which is unusual for me because I always tend to stick with whatever is said, explained in the aeronautical information manual. But even air traffic controllers don't say, as you pointed out, fife and, th- and tree. And as long as you could use good enunciation on the radio, that is moving your jaw and your lips and speaking very clearly, there's really no particular need to say fife and tree or even niner, just as long as you speak clearly. I'd like to thank everybody for writing in. I do have some other emails, which we'll get to next week. And of course, if you have any questions for me, you can always reach me at jeff at atccommunication.com. I also inhabit Twitter at ATC underscore Jeff, or you can leave a comment below any post anywhere on atccommunication.com. And now I have a question for you. It's your question of the week. You are flying a VFR cross-country using ATC's radar service for flight following. Your call sign is Skyhawk 9130 Delta. Your current altitude is 4,500. The air traffic controller says, Piper 571 Romeo Charlie and Skyhawk 9130 Delta. Mutual traffic 12 o'clock and 10 miles. Opposite direction. A Cessna 172 at 4,500 and a PA-28 at 5,500. You do not see the PA-28. Here are your questions. Question 1. Should you respond as soon as the controller finishes his transmission? Question 2. When you respond, what would you say on the radio? Question 3. What does the controller mean by opposite direction? Question four, if, after reporting you do not see the traffic, are you required to advise ATC if you see the PA-28 before it passes your position? When you think you know the answers to those questions, go to atccommunication.com forward slash answers. There you'll find complete answers, 
along with an explanation of how those answers were derived. Well, if you're flying this week, I hope you have a great time and beautiful weather. And if you have a moment during your downtime, do take a look at the new headset buyer's guide at atccommunication.com. It may help you in selecting a new headset that costs less than $400. And if you already own a headset costing less than $400, I sure would appreciate it if you'd go to the headset buyer's guide and give me your feedback. It will help other pilots in making their selection. I'm Jeff Canarish for ATCCommunication.com saying be well, keep in touch, and fly safe.